When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a Backstreet Boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, it's Dave here, and this is my wife, Kathy. Hello. And this is The Cinemile. It's the podcast where we walk home from the movies, and we're walking on this chilly January evening to a movie called 1917. And the time is, believe it or not, 1939. <laughs> I thought that I was going to have a slam dunk moment there. <laughs> we should have lied. No one can fact check us. Uh, but yeah, we're really excited. It's a movie we actually at home started watching the trailer for and then turned off because we went, oh no, we're definitely going to go and see that. Whereas yeah. before we'd put on the trailer, neither of us had much interest. Um, but it looks brilliant. So I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, it's uh, Sam Mendes' World War One movie um, from the director of Skyfall. As the marketing is, is Which letting is, us know. is, I think, I'm trying to remember, I think Spectre's the one I liked, and then Skyfall was the one I didn't like. Uh-uh. Opposite. Yeah. Right, okay. Spectre was the one so the that we both wanted one, to walk out yeah, of. Yeah, the most recent so one bad. we didn't like. But I am a Sam Mendes fan because I really liked Revolutionary Road. Um, yeah. So, I'm just really interested to see. So, we've seen him do, like, a literary adaptation. We've seen him do two Bonds, one of which was better than the other, according to us. And now oh, I thought he just did one bond. No, he did both. Did he do Spectre? Oh, he did do Spectre. Yeah, Ugh, Spectre. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I'm really excited. And um, it's getting obviously loads. Was it nominated for like nine or ten Oscars? Getting loads of buzz. Yeah. And um, then everyone's saying it's like, looks like it's all one take, but it isn't one take. Well, the, this is the thing, right? It's getting a load of like backlash. Well, not a load of real backlash, but like people are being like, Oh, just pointing out it's not actually one take here. Like, of course it's like, not. It's a like, movie with special effects and, and like mass production value. There's no also, way it's one take. The thing that bothers me about people saying that is like, nowhere have I seen the movie claim to be one take. No, the movie hasn't. The, no, nothing is claiming that. It just, it, I think probably it feels like that as a viewer, so then you feel a little bit cheated when it isn't. Well, perhaps like, it's there a was reaction. that movie made on an iPhone a couple of years ago that was actually one take. Victoria? Yeah. No, so that, I don't think that was... Was that made in life? But that was... That was genuinely one take. Yeah, like, but I mean... They did the whole movie in... You would have to have, like, such a tight filming schedule and, like, no budget, really, and, like, no special effects. And, like, I'm sorry, but, like, they've probably actually well, got, true. like... Well, trenches and, like... I, like, I can't imagine the sets in this movie. Yes, but however many takes there are in this movie, they they did what you're describing. I think, we're, I think the other end of this, we're going to say, how did they do that 20-minute in a row 
World War One scene in trenches <laughs> like that, that, that. What you're describing is not impossible. No, but anyway, I'm what really it, what, excited. What's imp- what's really difficult is to do it over a sustained two-hour period. I mean, it's a two-hour movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, you so, couldn't go seamlessly from set to set. Like because presume like it's just it wouldn't be possible unless you're talking like it's the forties and you just make it on one tire like one yeah. lot. I guess it's the thing that's getting a lot of buzz. So yeah. I guess that's what people are reacting. But I'm to. so excited but, and um, warning! I'm only warning. a week. Warning! I'm of a week left in my supposedly a week left in my pregnancy, but who, I don't. Who are you? Who are you warning? I don't. Here? Like I'm you. well aware of this. I don't trust you, date. So. I hope this movie isn't too exciting because I actually have a genuine fear of going into labour <laughs> during it. Um, now, anyone who listened to us a couple of years oh, ago when I was pregnant before, we went to the cinema about oh. seven times after I was and, due. Um, and I, every time we were worried. <laughs> and we went to Dunkirk. Um, not when I was this close to, to No, labor, not this though. close. But you I remember no, Oscar we was in really, there. Really, must, it must have been very loud. We went to a really boring <laughs> movie when I was like a week overdue with my mom. Yeah, it was uh, the final portrait, I think <laughs> yeah, it was called. Mom fell asleep. Yeah. No, 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 that was the Limehouse Golem. The Limehouse Golem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was no way that was inducing labour. Um, so do I, you, wait, do you genuinely <laughs> think that uh, 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 high-octane action movies can induce labour? I don't know. We'll find out. It's, you just wrote like a Metro headline. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically how I want to get publicity for the podcast, to be frank. <laughs> Even if I well, don't go great. into labour, I'll take it. Woman gives birth <laughs> during 1917. Sorry. At exactly 1917. <laughs> and we're going, well, we're going to the light cinema, so I apologise for the dry cleaning bill. <laughs> All right, come on. There is only one way this ends. Last man standing. I'm going back to see my father. We need to keep moving. Come on. I'm going back. He can't possibly make it that way, man. You bloody insane. Why in God's name did you have to choose me? Stay, please. No, no, no! If you don't get there in time, we will lose 1,600 men. Your brother among them. Good luck. Okay, we're out. We've just seen 1917. Seen, experienced, probably. Felt. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, it was like... A, it's like, not as visceral as... like getting as off like, a roller coaster. It's not... It's interesting if you compare it to, like, Dunkirk. Dunkirk is, like, more overtly a spectacle, right, in terms of noise. And we saw that in IMAX, and it was, like, this really overwhelming experience. Whereas I found this much more subtle than that I mean I don't know if, if, if we saw it on IMAX it would have been different or if it is an IMAX but um, wow I certainly felt like along for the ride <laughs> like you were with them from beginning to end because you were just as we were talking about the whole kind of one take thing which it obviously isn't but just that feeling of constant motion is so cool but it, it feels like, like completely swept up in it but I didn't feel like that my senses had been assaulted which is what I felt like after Dunkirk I felt like I was just in it. Yeah, you're. It's not. It's not one take, but it's real time. As in, like yeah. your experience, you experience every m- moment from when they re- received those orders until the bitter end. Yeah, like it's so good. I thought it was brilliant. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, loved it. Like I think it's like hats off to Sam Mendes. He's written it, co-written it. He's directed it. He's produced it, and it is. It's 
now I have to say like from the out World War One is not a war I know a lot about um, and I've not seen a lot of movies about it I've not read a lot of books about it um, but I was trying to think as I was watching it if I've ever seen a movie this good set in World War One. I, I haven't um, a movie that I thought did really well with the trenches was one I don't think you saw I saw when we lived in Sydney with a friend The Water Diviner the Russell Crowe one. Oh yeah um that's I thought, yeah, isn't it? yeah, I thought that was there was really some really good stuff in that around the trenches, but it wasn't all set there. Um, and funnily, a couple of years ago, I actually thought there was a brief bit of Wonder Woman that had done some good trench stuff. Do you oh yeah. Um, so I was thinking of those two movies uh, as we were in it, but like I haven't really seen much other World War One movies. But that's just my ignorance. It's not that they've been made. So anyway, I thought this was unbelievable at like capturing that trench warfare and how grimy and dirty and wet and gloopy it is and just the sheer discomfort and horror of it yeah wherever they shot they like the the scope of where they shot just this they, it looks endless i think they must have dug real trenches like in, they might yeah they, they, well, they must have done the whole thing they for real they surely did but i mean like just even when they go over the top it's just Mud and pits and water and, and rats. corpses and rat like the do, corpses everywhere are so disturbing and and after a while they become background to us because we're used to seeing them so you feel like yeah. the characters the way they treat them as background so I honestly thought it was wonderful and um, basically would sum it up as like Terminator meets Saving Private Ryan Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> what? In what way is it terminated? We'll get to it on spoiler shit. Oh, the bit. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to spoil too much, but no, we'll somebody does travel back in time <laughs> yeah. to warn them of an impending. <laughs> that's actually where the orders come from initially. And somebody that's actually how, says, "Come with me if you know. want to live," <laughs> which I thought was a bit on the nose, Sam yeah. Indy. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'll speak the rest in spoiler street. But no, absolutely loved it, and Do I really enjoyed the two main actors who felt just like normal guys. They didn't feel like. Yeah, you know, the son it's not from a Captain big Fantastic and, with like, and Tommen from Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's not a big Spielberg with like huge Hollywood stars, you know. They just felt like two normal English guys. Fair play to you for catching um, Tommen from Game of Thrones. I would not have recognized Yeah, he looked, him. he looked a little older. And, uh, older and not blonde. Yeah. <laughs> His hair is not tight blonde. A um, couple years older and in a million years I wouldn't have recognized him. To shout out, their names George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman. And they are the stars of this movie. Like, there's no... Like the, the, the trailers would have you believe that this is a huge ensemble. Oh, it's no. not. They're it's like a, maybe other actors might have two minutes in the movie. Yeah, it's like it's basically it's them and um, a, basically a marketing showreel of cameos <laughs> so that they can pretend that Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh my and, god! Okay, he's Benedict Cumberbatch in the trailer. I don't every, mention well, it. every single recognizable actor you saw just now in that movie is in this like endless cast list. Oh, I didn't realize because when the, Benedict Cumberbatch showed up to myself in a dark cinema I rolled my eyes and sighed I cannot believe I didn't realise how sick of Benedict Cumberbatch I am until he showed up in this I like I couldn't bear right. it for his right. possibly what 30 seconds in the movie like why are you here like let other actors work why does he get the fucking Whoa. role of every posh British person on TV or film it quit, really annoys quit me quit your cumber bashing but it's nothing to do with him like he's a good actor he's fine I have nothing against him it's just like 
like just the constant casting of the same people yeah, over and you, over again is yeah, so sorry, tedious point, point your radar towards uh, Holland Firth and Mark Strong and it's all the same British I'm actors just saying, in everything for some reason when Benedict Cumberbatch showed up I had like a visceral reaction to it and I was like <laughs> okay. um, anyway but yeah so yes, I hadn't seen the trailer yes but, yes, but the main two stars it's back to like what we said a second ago the main two stars of this who are the only real actors of note in this movie and hold the whole movie up are two young British actors yeah. who are relatively um, I mean they're in big things small, yeah but they're sm- they, they, yeah, but they're not the people you're describing yeah, so I I'd, so I don't really don't think there's a problem here no, if no. Benedict Cumberbatch is in it for 35 it's seconds like, fuck off Benedict Cumberbatch honestly <laughs> alright let's no, move on we'll move anyway on. before um, we get to spoiler honestly, street honestly yeah those two lads they felt like two normal guys like you would just meet on the street and talk to which I liked before we get to Spoiler Street, um, the th- the, a few other things I liked about this was kind of what we were describing a minute ago about these locations and the detail around it. And I, like you just get a lot of time because you're just following these two guys. You are the camera. And you, spend, you get a lot of time to just languish in the detail. And it's, it's incredibly detailed. Like the... Uh, production design of this movie you, you, like the, w- you could see the money went into just recreating this on an epic level uh, just people and corpses and dead horses and flies and rats and it's just like but it's the little things of just like going through the German um, the, the German trenches and the, the signs and the, it just feels like somebody spent and a whole, probably dozens of people spent lots and lots of hours just going through every minute detail to bring this thing to life it reminded me of Chernobyl same. and the commitment that was put into that I was thinking the same thing as we watched it that episode of Chernobyl with the dog shooters was reminding yeah. me of that one with um, Barry Kyo from Dunkirk yeah the loop closes <laughs> um, but yeah and the other the other thing that I wanted to say was I think the other main star of this movie is Roger Deakins the director of cinematography oh my god yes like, incredible how how was that camera in those places like, there like are, is there a cameraman running backwards yeah. or is it like on wheels like I, I kept trying to think what is it what is it is it are they on cranes it's magic at, at a few points I was like that camera's on a boat like the camera like you see there's definitely is, a camera on a canoe this isn't a spoiler but like they you, you'd see a huge pool of water the two guys walk around the water and you stay on them but the camera goes over the, the water the, the big body of water like how did they just like land it on and a like no camera reflections anywhere no no and I the water I, doesn't even move there's no ripples I just don't understand though how anyone and did anyone actually think this is one take like no one could think that <laughs> like, well, you can barely get like yeah, honestly, they know. can't even do like think, a half-hour live episode of EastEnders without a mistake. Like, I think, how could you do? <laughs> like, how could you be exploding planes and having like bombs going off and like trench warfare all in one take? Like, that's just but like, not like we said at the beginning. I think this is one of those things where everyone's outraged. <laughs> at nothing at something that doesn't exist like the movie never said it was one take I haven't seen anyone think that this is one take but everyone's like guys it's not one take there's a very clear cut in the middle at least I mean it's and very like, obvious every like to me I thought it was hugely obvious that it like at no point was it one take no but you, you if you're looking for it there's 
four or five times easy where you can spot the obvious ones. No, and there's probably a- anyway because common sense tells you that it's not possible <laughs> yeah, anyway. because no one could do that light like as, as life. But that that aside, the bits that were clearly like the the, the sections that were one take are just oh, inc- incredible achievements. I mean, the actor is like it's such a it's kind of where he's going with the Terminator stuff, but like. Such physical. Yeah. Run me action. through your Terminator thing. No, I'm saying that for, right, for a spoiler street. Okay. But but that feeling of like the the actors are constantly on the go, right? And it's like so physical, and like there's points yeah. where the actors are like dragging act other actors or picking other actors up or pushing them, and I thought, oh my god, right? Okay, I know I'm like a granny with my bad back, but like I wouldn't pick up a colleague and drag them along for any money in the world. I was like, that actor's going to put his back out. And like this bits where the actors like climbing over like a broken bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cli- you know, they're like actually climbing up massive that, Yeah, that hills. bit I was like, is that that's not a stunt though? It looked like, like it was him. How what's their insurance? They're like running on this? uphill. They're like climbing over corpses. It's just like really, really physical work. Like I yeah. feel like the actors really earned their paycheck. They really, really do. <laughs> it's like so much more work than what a normal actor would do because the takes were really long. Like they were long scenes, and yeah. most of the time. If they ever used a stunt double, it was incredibly well hidden because it did not feel like stunt doubles. Can you imagine, like, 20 minutes, 20 minutes of crawling through, like, uh, (laughs) corpses and, like, carrying people, and then they're like, right, we got it, okay, that was good, but that guy was slightly out of place, and (laughs) and you were drinking a cup of coffee from the top, everyone. (laughs) Take 26. I couldn't help but think of Game of Thrones because obviously Game of Thrones is big battle scenes, and also... Oh, and Richard Madden's in this from as well. Game of Thrones yeah. in this, as we said, like Tom and. Um, but then there's one point where someone's singing, and it's a really beautiful moment. And I thought, oh god, if this was Game of Thrones, this would be like Ed Sheeran or someone. Like, <laughs> I had the they same thought. Blown it. I actually thought, oh no, is it Ed Sheeran? <laughs> they would have blown it by putting a famous person singing. So I'm so glad that yeah. they didn't. Right before we get to Spoiler Street, I uh, just want to do a quick shout out to some of the lovely people who have uh, newly donated to us over at our Patreon. Uh, at patreon.com forward slash the cinema so huge thank you to Matthew Robinson uh, Charlotte Whedon Nathan Bloomfield Emily Montague Luke Kelly Graham Fox uh, and many more of you who we will shout out on on future episodes Luke Kelly? Yes Back from the Dead (laughs) the famous Dubliners singer beautiful voice Uh, thank you Luke much appreciated yeah no thank you to all of our uh patrons uh, if you want to uh, support us if you like what we do here and you want to get a whole extra bonus podcast feed where we review retro movies of your choosing and uh, TV shows we just did a Watchmen review um, and we just uh, watched Catch Me If You Can which is going to be up shortly as part of our On The Run, on the run movies um, so lots more there at the Cinemile High Club over on patreon.com forward slash the Cinemile right Nice plug, Dave. How'd you like that? That's lovely. <laughs> Reel that off. Um, um, now, onto Spoiler Street. Spoilers now for 1917. <laughs> so spoilers for the movie 1917 and for World War One. And for the year 1917. Yes, okay? spoilers. Because we might just talk about the year We will not spoil 1918, <laughs> right? Um, but where I was going with the Terminator thing was like, okay, firstly, we knew one of the guys had to die, right? No, I that totally I took just, me by surprise. I thought I thought um, the other guy was going to die. I thought Tommen was going to live. And yeah, the other guy was gonna I die. thought George Mackay was was the one with the target on his face. But anyway, Will, he is a Terminator. Like, like at one point, <laughs> like at one, like it got a little bit silly. Now I loved it, but like 
at one point he's literally being chased down this like French street like being shot at then he jumps into the sea then he falls down a waterfall then how he, did they do that shot? Then he, that was the, incredible. The, 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 the camera goes backwards down the waterfall, then stops, and then like sort of goes up. That's a, that must be a crane that would reverse. Oh. And then he ends up at the trenches, and like it's so brilliant when he like finally he's like there to deliver the message, and everyone's like, "Go away, you know, it's too late, you've missed it." And he leaves the trenches and like runs through this field with all these people just charging at him. And finally makes it back into the trenches again. And it was, like, amazing. It was completely epic. That was crazy. But it was crazy. highly unbelievable behaviour for a human being <laughs> who hasn't slept, probably, and since we saw him kind of dozing at the start of the movie. And then we saw him quite concussed with, like, blood coming out of his head at one point as well. Oh, and not to mention, um, the, the, th- the journey starts with him, like, seriously injuring his hand on barbed wire and then smushing it into a corpse. <laughs> I mean, he's going to die of an infection two yeah. days from now. Um, um, but, but anyway, I just thought he—I loved watching him. And, and in terms of the physicality of the actors, he, like, obviously the other guy was just given less to do because he wasn't around as long. But this was the guy who was like tightrope walking on like fences. Oh yeah. I man. mean, obviously he didn't do all the water stunts, but he was certainly jumping in water and swimming around and doing all oh, that. Oh, like. yeah, the dude was wet. Yeah, the dude was wet for a long time. <laughs> Um, so and yeah, he is great brilliant. he held he the movie up like I, you're just with him and you want him to succeed so bad now, he's such a subtle actor like I'm like and like don't get me wrong I'm a genuine fan of Saving Private Ryan I really like that movie but it's a very Hollywood Spielberg movie in terms of performances yeah. this is just like okay granted aside from the fact that physically he's a Terminator like in terms of his <laughs> facial expressions and stuff he really he acts like pretty staid and like that's actually what you would be like I mean obviously the term shell shocked came from World War One, yeah and like you you really wouldn't be that emotive like he's he's seen it all before he's already won a medal for some other battle that went went shitty apparently and like you know he misses his wife and kid and he's just depressed and his friend dies so actually he acted it brilliantly but it's like such a subtle performance that like well, it's, it's all almost too subtle. It's the kind of thing that, like, no, there's no, there was no Oscar nominations. I'm not saying it's too subtle as a criticism. I'm saying uh, they didn't end up with like acting nominations in the Oscars, and I can see why because the yeah, Oscars because the Oscars don't the reward that stuff. Yeah, yeah they so. reward uh, Walkin Phoenix going crazy. <laughs> said, no, no, sorry, no offense to I thought Walkin Phoenix was great in that role, but that's the role to get the, yeah. the noisy role. Whereas this was just like very well played of like a normal guy and even at the end unusually for me like I'll usually cry at anything like I didn't at any point I felt emotional at this movie in that I felt like stressed and tense but I never once felt emotional in the sense of like sad or I did like I um, I didn't like at the end when we saw the picture of his wife and kid I just thought he acted that really well too he's just looking at the picture of his wife and kid can can I sorry can we scroll back slightly um I, I, di- I did get emotional at that moment but to go back to what you're saying about his performance I completely agree with you it's a, it's everything that you described about his character the the metal the sort of um, sense of futility the heroism um, the love of his wife and child none of that is stated it's all in the performance and with maybe the the, the sort of most obvious reveal is him looking at the photo at the end but everything else it's actually a very good screenplay because 
it's all in his performance uh, and some choice dialogue like he trades the medal for a bottle of wine uh, he's able to he sings this very tender song to this baby um, and he's just like very gentle the way he holds her hand and you just know he's a father yeah it's, I knew it it's, it's implicit so if anything the end is maybe a little bit I, I, I almost pref- would have preferred if they hadn't explicitly showed it to us but no, however I did like it and it um it got me I know I'm surprised it didn't get you no because I just felt like I don't know I, I guess and the movie's open ended and he could die tomorrow but I felt like oh, oh he's infected he's, he's, he's dying I felt like that he was going to get home to them so Dave with no authority are you saying he's dying <laughs> no no I'm, I'm, I'm being a, he's more machine really than man I really think he's going to make a it a bit but, of barbed wire is not going <laughs> to kill him but it's not the point the what the point what this movie's about is a celebration of um human ingenuity and the indefatigable spirit of humanity the into what now uh, I think Say that word again indef- indefatigable <laughs> I don't know whatever the, the, if it's a real word the, the, the just it. the what whatever that we can't like that 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 thing about humanity where if we're told you it's facing an impossible task and overcoming it just through sheer force of will and belief and commitment and achieving it and that I think it's one of the best things about us as a species even when you're surrounded by literally in this movie every shred of evidence that we are ugly horrible stain on this earth and are destroying ourselves over, over like literally just people fighting people that's what war is and that's what this movie is and even like and, and at parts this is a cynical movie that when um, Tom and <laughs> can't remember Tom the character's and, name you always have such a sad end <laughs> when he drags that German soldier out in this beautiful moment of of just two humans connecting across a across a, a divide and then gets rewarded with his life being taken and you can't oh, I you, didn't blame the other guy no either. you can't yeah. you don't blame him because that's they're just both the utility of war they're both in that situation but also he had just crash landed was presumably completely out of it and probably thought they were going to kill him like he yeah. probably didn't even register that they were rescuing they're, him they're, they're, they're enemies in, yeah. an, in an artificial war in which people are traded as pawns and even at one point Will like is just trying to get through this town he doesn't want to kill anyone and he just puts his hand over the German guy's mouth and he's like shh and if you yeah. just shut up we'll both be grand and then the guy of course shouts and then there's a brilliant scene where Will's like stabbing him in the shadows while the colleagues over in the oh, corner that was awesome that was amazing wasn't yeah. it um, so many amazing moments that whole scene in the town um the way that was lit was just insane. You turned to me and thought it was a dream scene. Yeah, it was a bit much for me because the rest of the movie was so realistic. And then he'd been like concussed. And then he woke up to like this fire show kind of thing. And I got really confused then and well, thought it was a dream. It's not a fire show. It's fire. The town was on fire. And why they was were... the town on fire? Because everyone had retreated from there. The, right? they, they, they burn everything as they go. You get that line. They kill the cows so the, the enemies can't eat them. They, I guess it was just visually... They raise the land as they, as they retreat. It looked fantastical compared to the rest of the movie. So that's when I got a little bit confused. Also, I had just... Oh, no. Just after that, I went to the bathroom. And then I came back a little bit confused because it's not a good movie to go to the bathroom in. Um... He was suddenly basically had a wife and child and they're all in a room together and I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah. how did this happen? How did that happen? 
Why was he in a room with a woman and a Oh, cage? he was just literally being chased and then um, ran into a house and there she was. Right, okay. Nothing more to say there. And luckily he had a canister of milk and I was like, I'm sorry, Sam Mendes, as well as you've done all of this, you should know that no child who's that hungry for milk is going to sit and play and be sung to. The child <laughs> will scream its head off until you give it the milk. So yeah. no, that bit was like the least realistic bit of the movie. The second that child got that whiff of milk, it's game over, but man. Did you see, um, or did you read, they kind of alluded to it at the end, but Sam Mendes' granddad was in it in Is that the War, name and that he they... told, either his granddad or his great-granddad told them stories he was a messenger and he told them stories about messages being delivered. Oh, wow. And so that inspired this, albeit... Obviously, he's blown it up to make this huge plot. Like, I don't think, you know, it was ever that intense. As in, in terms of you're saving 1,600 people with this. Yes, but this whole movie feels informed by real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it? for sure. It's infused with it. It's the thing that makes The Wire so good is experience. Yeah. Uh, it feels true to the time and the place. And then, like, what I found really incredible about it, and again, it's like, didn't feel like a big Hollywood ending compared to some of the movies because he basically arrives and he really insists that Benedict Cumberbatch reads this letter and he does a brilliant job and Benedict Cumberbatch reads it and he calls off the battle. And then Benedict Cumberbatch is just like, yeah, but next week they'll just tell us to... I know. ...to charge at them at dawn and we'll have lost our advantage. So it's, like, completely kind of futile, like and loads of them have been injured anyway because the first wave had gone over and we see like I was thinking god the extras are earning their keep in this movie the extras have to work so hard in this movie compared to a normal one they have to have like open wounds they have to lie down screaming crying Um, but yeah so I thought I I thought that was a really decent ending because there is no good ending in this scenario and we know World War 1 is going to go on for what like another year so I felt like that was really appropriate as well it's it's the most optimistic of endings you can have in that situation I think and did you notice that like talking about extras this movie featured a lot more non-white actors than like Dunkirk which came under a lot of controversy for being all white Uh, yes and and I did appreciate that however they managed to include every accent under the sun except an Irish accent. <laughs> Much like in Dunkirk. Yeah, which your dad, <laughs> I think, justifiably criticised on this very podcast. I was podcast. thinking that. Like, for example, the hot priest from Fleabag's in this. Yeah. He yeah, should have cast, had his accent. You can't cast Andrew Scott and then give him an English accent. Yeah, I was it, thinking, like, there's loads of Irish guys there. Like, let him have his accent. 200,000 Irish um, men went and fought in World War One, And 30,000 of them died. Like, and, and you can't give us a single accent. Well, come on, it's not Sam Mendes' fault. No, I know. That but those men went, and it's not on him to do it. So, look, they did better than Dunker. Uh, yeah, I just feel like I was, I was, dis- I was disappointed. Do you know what regard. I mean? It, it's so good, this movie, that, like, I mean, you can't help but compare. It, like, the last big, big war movie that came out was Dunker. And uh, it makes Dunkirk feel a little bit gimmicky now, doesn't it? With the three timelines and all the rest of it. I think Dunkirk is a similarly impressive technical oh, achievement. It's brilliant. For yeah. sure. And I'm like, not trashing Dunkirk, I'm just saying... No, no, I know, but like, I think... This the, feels purer. The difference, the difference for me is they are equal in terms of technical achievement, but for different reasons, because they do things... They are constructed very differently. Very, hugely differently. But what this movie has is heart and... Um, places you with characters yeah, whereas Dunkirk, we were just following so many different plots and Dunkirk is clinical like most of Christopher Nolan's filmmaking if you ask me I think he's a he's a watchmaker isn't he 
like and that film is obsessed with time and ticking and like all his films are obsessed with well, time well it has like a hundred characters and this movie basically is two so yeah. they're very different whereas Sam Mendes comes from the theatre right he, um, before American Beauty which was his debut he was a stage director and that's yeah, all like intimate that. so yeah. that's intimate you spend time with just these people and these actors on stage and that's what this movie did for me uh, but with the added um, incredible technical achievement of Roger Deakins so if anything yeah you get, you're getting you're getting double your money here compared to Dunkirk and then there was like yeah I just there's like some moments that made that did make me sad where like because these are really young guys you're talking about and like just a couple of times you see like the kind of laddish banter and you're like oh god that must have just kept them like going that kind yeah. of banter and well um, it's gallows humor as well the story that um tom and t- oh, sorry i'm to the actor i'm just gonna call him tom <laughs> and um the story he tells um which boosts their spirit is about a man's ear being chewed off by a rat i know, <laughs> Do you know what that's I mean? like the moment that, of fun in the film <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it's interesting because uh, i was in a bookshop over christmas and i was looking at this this really big book that i was thinking of buying but this sounds weird but it's physically too big for me to bother buying but it was like um, it was like newspapers that used to be written by the soldiers during World War One, like the funnies and they would write funny jokes or they'd write like a lot of them used to write like Sherlock Holmes knockoffs basically yeah. and I just remember like I was reading it for ages of Christmas and I was like thinking it's just amazing how the human spirit can continue no, no matter what situation you're in and I felt like he really captured that just on the truck when all the lads are like slanging off their boss. I was like, that could be a coffee, or like a coffee with any colleague yeah. today, and you'd be taking the piss out of your boss. So yeah, I thought that was really good. But you're, that's exactly right, and that's what that's for me. That's what the takeaway of this movie is, and I think it's what it's trying to say. That's the through line: is that in the face of the worst adversity you can possibly imagine, human beings can prevail, and it's a very optimistic movie um a little bit but then when you think about like god when you read the accounts of when like what made me sad looking at him looking at the picture of his wife and kid is like okay if he gets home like the men who returned from world war one were like shell shocked but like actual shells of men like yeah. like they so many of them could barely function in like like it just it's so fucked up and and i got really sad because i was thinking like obviously you know, war is on the international agenda at the moment, and it's so futile. And well, it never, it never it's, left. It's the kind of it's on our doorstep. But just the recent the stuff, yeah. And it's just like it's so futile and so depressing. And like a movie like this just really sums it up. Do you know you you talked about the Terminator for some weird reason? Um, because of what Will did, <laughs> sure. inhuman. It was not possible what the, Will did. The, the movie this kept reminding me of was the Lord of the Rings, because. Especially the singing bit that was reminding me of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that the um, they were they're essentially Frodo and Sam setting out on a mission, uh, and it's a journey. You follow them throughout, and he's literally delivering, well, two rings. Um, so who's Gollum then, the Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, I think you'd appreciate that. <laughs> um, Right, I got, got anything else to say? Oh, wait, I thought you were still talking. No, I'm done. You were just saying it's Lord of the <laughs> That's Rings. That's all I got on the Lord of the Rings bit. <laughs> wow, that was a wonderful metaphor. <laughs> um, okay, no, I'm done. I really love this movie. Highly recommend it. Yeah.
definitely think it should be seen in the cinema. Would not probably recommend you watch it at home unless you got a massive telly. Because like, why bother? It's very cinematic. Yeah. Um, I might. I must tell my dad to go and see it. Might get him on a bonus episode. Give us his unique historical take. Yeah, I think he'd enjoy it. Um, All right, let's leave it there. Thanks. Let's leave it there. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Head over to Apple Podcasts if you listen on an Apple device and please leave us a review. We hugely appreciate it. It takes about three seconds to do now. They've made it very fast. Um, So we greatly appreciate if you could do that. Yes, and we'd love to know uh, your thoughts on 1917. Is it possible that you didn't like it? Uh, Is it, uh, do you think we're wrong? Which Terminator does it most remind you of? (laughs) Um, Email us, thecinemile at gmail.com or we're at thecinemile on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Okay, bye. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.